Hi, welcome to What Do You Like with Maria. Hello, this is Hunter. And with us, we got a very special guest, uh, my cousin, Mitch. Hi, everyone. We're so excited to have you with us today. And what is your topic going to be? We're going to talk about theater today because that's my area. Yes, I am. I've been very excited to talk about this because as someone who has known you for all of your life, I know that you were born to be on the stage. <laughs> I don't know. You needed a spotlight from a very young age. <laughs> that's for sure, 100%, always. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I've only known you for, what, 10 years? Must that, be now, not even yeah. that. Limited interaction just because yeah. we we're always out here. Yeah, very true. Anyway. <laughs> so just a bit of background because we want to, because it is mostly Hunter's and Mitch's area, but I did a little theater, a bit of theater as well in fifth grade. Ooh. Never again. <laughs> I've never been seeing you on the stage or in theater of any kind. I realized I had like really bad stage fright and I feel bad for the mom that uh, got assigned to direct because oh. she'd just be like, go, come on, oh. go out. And I was like, but I don't want to. And she's like, but you signed up for this. <laughs> I mean, if you're directing fifth graders, that's kind of a, yeah, you're going to have to deal with that. Um, it just comes with the yeah. territory. She just was like, why did you sign up if you don't want to do it? In fifth grade, I was horrible. But it's adorably horrible. Exactly. That's the point. Yeah. Again, a fifth grade actor, except unless you're a professional, which is a different kettle of fish and a different problem, mm. you are going to be at best a limited actor. Oh. <laughs> like... Kid actors are rough. Even high school actors are not great, and uh, that's about where I topped out. <laughs> so, but I mean, that being said, I do love plays. I loved seeing you and your sister when you guys were doing plays, and it's something that we both really enjoy going to. I think one of the best memories I have concerning like the theater was when I was working overnight shifts uh, at the job I had before the one I have now. It messed with me mentally. Like it's never, I'd never recommend an overnight shift to anybody and I might work for some, doesn't work for me. And I was in a really foul state of mind when the, my work was like, do you want, like we're giving like discounted tickets to go see a Christmas story at the children's theater in Madison. And I was like, sure, why not? Like, I like that story. It's nice. And I genuinely left the theater after that feeling lighter. It was a good show. I have super vague, potentially incorrect memories of seeing it growing up or seeing it when I was in high school at some point. The most recent time we went, which was, you know, four or five years ago now, was a great show. Yes. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. I have memories producing it and doing hair and makeup for it time and time again and years and years in the making. And it was every single time horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Like the show is great. It's a classic. It's good to see. But after seeing it for like the hundredth time and, and working in that field and like seeing some bad acting, you're just like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, it's not a particularly forgiving play, I would say. No. If it's bad, no. it's real bad. Did you have to do, like, the Marley's ghost makeup? Oh, gosh, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, that would be brutal. The last one that I did, I was given 
a black and white photo of a man who is African-American. And they were like, color match to that. And we'd love to have him bruised and like dark. And I was like, I don't know what this man's skin looks like. So I can't color match to him. And um, I don't know what you want from me. And it's two weeks before the show starts. So oh my, it was brutal to try and come up with all of that. And then they switched it on me last minute. And it was all just such a cluster of stress. Ah, uh, directors yeah. and producers. May they never meet. Yeah. <laughs> never. No. Uh, yeah, I, I never had to do any directing. I did stage managing for a one-person monologue once that was a part of a theater festival. So my stage management was literally me taking notes, writing down, we want light cues here and here. And then that was it. And I didn't have to do anything else. So it was only sort of stage managing. It was more of a, Katie, don't jump off the building. <laughs> no, we're going to move you back slightly. The director. Yes. No, the actress was great. The actress <laughs> yeah. was A-OK -okay with yeah, basically all of it. The director was having a bit of a rougher go of it. Was just had a lot on her plate. But I will say, in kind of relation to that, Hunter was in a comedy troupe in college. And... Since we went to a school where it was a majority of men there, it's a tech school. Sometimes they had like, they had already played the card where the guy was in drag and they needed another girl. And uh, they were like, you, <laughs> you can talk. <laughs> You're dating somebody in the troupe. You're going to get dragged in because that's how sketch comedy troops work. That's exactly it. And so everyone ha would have a nickname and I hard pushed for my nickname to be the stand in chick. Yeah, when Katie was too busy. <laughs> when Katie was too busy. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, put it every semester. We'd watch the show and I was like, oh, I'm bad. <laughs> No. You were never that bad. I was fine. I will say the one thing I regret though was that I was given a prompt, like not a prompt, but one of the one of the guys who was writing the sketches said, "Do you want to be in a sketch that's a commercial for energy tampons?" And I was like, "What?" He said, "Like all you have to do is sit in a chair and twitch as one of our paid testers or something like non-paid like testers." And I said no, and I regret that because that thing was hilarious. Energy tampons? Yeah. The tagline was, why feel uh when you can feel uh? <laughs> we were not a highbrow group. No. That was about the highest concept we would get. Wow. No, I'm not telling you the name of the group. Was, for legal reasons. Thank I can still watch that to this day and laugh. Oh my gosh, I need to find this later. Yeah, I'll send you a link. <laughs> so. So that's me. That's that's the that's the experience I have. Next most experienced. Yeah, I I believe I'm the next most experienced and all of my experience has been in the education setting. So, I did a bunch of plays in high school. Went to a very small school, so was a moderately good actor at a small school, which meant I got thrown into a lot of things. And then did a handful of plays in college. Our college had an annual new play festival called New Voices. And every year they'd produce between five to nine short plays, usually about an hour and a half to two hours in total across all the plays, all in one night. 
and it was a chance to get everyone in the theater to go do something new. So that was super cool. I have really fond memories of that. And then graduated college and basically went, no, I don't really want to deal with community theater. Also moved and lost all of the connections. I will say WPI had a, had a very good, for like being the tech school in a like city of like six colleges, very good theater program. We brought, when Maddie was looking at going to college for theater tech Ooh. and she left that and she was like, oh my God, my mind's been open to the potential that is college theater. Because we went and saw Avenue Q. Like it was like in between semesters where it was student directed, student performed, student light design, student sound, everything. And I was like, oh, fuck yeah, you liked it. Because I was like, I don't know, it's a free play. Let's go see it. I liked Avenue Q. Some of the best productions I have ever seen come from college theater. No joke. I still, to this day, remember uh, Maddie's company doing crap, what was it? I say I remember it, and now my brain's blanking. (laughs) Whatever show it was, I'll probably think of it later. I still remember it, and it was like a crowning moment for me to be like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. Yeah, It opened up my brain to so much, and I loved college theater. When Teresa was doing theater, my sister, seeing her in those shows were so cool. I was like, I want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's so much fun. You get a bunch of people who go from being the, I'm doing this because it's something to do in high school, to the, I'm doing this because I am here and I really want to, but I also have no money and I don't know how to do things. So sometimes things just fail. Sometimes it's just, this did not work. This is why you don't do it professionally. And sometimes you get the, oh, that's a really clever way to attack this. Like the new new voices, the new play festival, the set was always somewhere between eight to 12 black cubes. And that was it. So you'd have to do everything with lights and costumes and moving cubes around. So one of the plays there was setting up two, was setting up a double bed and just laying on two cubes and giving the impression of a bedroom at night. Another play was all about zombies, so everyone did all the zombie makeup, which was a lot at the time. Um, I feel like you, Mitch, would probably either really enjoy or really hate that. Oh, I love it. The show that I was thinking of was Spring Awakening, which is a perfect example of that. It is the most minimalistic show ever. It is beautiful. And the way that Maddie's company did it was they had, I think, five chairs, and that was it. And it's just lighting and a blank stage and a couple shovels, maybe, for their, like, digging a ditch scene. It was the coolest thing. Yeah. It's always so impressive and so cool. And that's one of the magical things about theater is being able to take that, here are your three things, here is a scene, and letting the audience just kind of fill in the blanks and fill in the background and getting through, here is the message I'm trying to portray. It's so, so cool. Yeah. I really like theater. I, I really enjoy theater, and I don't go to it enough. And every time I go, I'm like, I should be doing this way more often. And then I keep oh, forgetting yeah. about it. It's so magical, for sure. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's why it's so cool that, you know, you've graduated high school, and you've got your day job, and still you, and you're getting back into it, which I think is great. Yes, yeah. I'm doing a show right now called Something Rotten. Yeah. It's a comedy musical about back in like the Shakespeare times. And there's these two brothers who trying to find the next big thing in musicals 
or next big thing in theater and they create a musical. I was like, wait, like a musical in Shakespeare times? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) They find this guy who can like predict the future, but not really. Ah. Uh, And they create Omelet instead of Hamlet. Hamlet? (laughs) And it's all about their like creative process of figuring this out. And it turns into this like, massive failure and they just get in trouble for not really like copying someone else because it hasn't happened yet but like cheating pretty much because ah. <laughs> they use the future exactly <laughs> yeah. i just think that's using your resources it is i would say so hunter you did like so you're because hunter went to an international school they got away with Quite a bit. Yeah. I should clarify that in case any of my (laughs) teachers are listening. Hello, former teachers. (laughs) We did a play called Batboy the Musical, where Batboy is the character from the Weekly World News, and it's all about the life of the Batboy. And it's one that my parents went and saw (laughs) the local university do a couple years after I graduated, and they kind of went... Yeah, they they did a pretty good job. I'm not sure how you as high schoolers pulled it off, but you guys actually did surprisingly well. I can't believe they did that. We actually met with one of Hunter's friends from high school, and, you know, he's introducing us to his girlfriend, and then he says to us, like, did we actually do that? (laughs) Bat Boy the musical? And Hunter's like, yeah, we did. He's like, I thought that was a fever dream. Yeah, so... (laughs) <laughs> Near the end of the play, spoilers for Batboy the Musical, but it's been out for 20 years, so eh, whatever. Depending on how you stage it, there can be a fairly graphic orgy, chi- a children being burned alive. They're bullies, it's fine. Incest. Lots of incest. <laughs> Lots of rape. <laughs> and a lot of people die at the end. Yeah. Now, this isn't like Batboy, like, like Batman, right? No. no. Okay. No. So there was... It's called The Weekly World Knows. It was like a magazine. A tabloid. A tabloid. And it was like hilariously over-the-top fake articles. And I do think I remember when Batboy was either reintroduced to the world or published initially because my uncle was talking about it where he was... He had seen like something about it and he was like cackling because he thought it was just so silly. He's like, have bat, have boy, found in a cave. <laughs> found in a cave in West Virginia. So the townsfolk do what they normally would do and bring the bat boy to the town vet. As it turns out, the town vet has a lovely daughter. That's his sister. Oh my. Yeah. They don't know that. They, they don't know that the vet knows that the bat boy exists because the vet created the bat boy sort of accidentally and also the sister at the same time because of bat pheromones and it's a whole thing and then everyone dies yeah (laughs) oh my gosh you think you hear everything every show that ever exists you think you hear and see them all after exactly 20-ish years of theater and then you find things like this that exist yeah it is a genuinely a really good show done well it can be really fun done even mediocrely it's well written the songs are a lot of fun if you have somebody who's willing to do a dodgy southern accent you can be a sheriff and have a dodgy southern accent in west virginia don't worry about it (laughs) 
I was the sheriff, so it was great. You were the only one who was, A, able to speak English as your first language, who was a guy. Sort of. No. And who could do a southern accent, to be fair? Do a southern accent is giving me a lot of credit. A close to a southern accent. I've seen it. Well. Not my normal accent. We'll leave it at that. Let's put it the other way. I heard everyone else try to do a southern accent in that play. Nobody else was trying to oh, do Oh, really? One. No. <laughs> I just kept hearing, well, I just assume when you say sweet wounded Jesus, you try to say it as a son. Oh, so. you, you can't not. <laughs> it's very hard. <laughs> anyway. I heard other people yeah. try. Nobody else was trying. That's amazing. Other people were trying, but like I mentioned, I say more than half the cast, English was their second language. Right. That's sort of true, but it's not entirely true. A, a handful of the like main actors spoke English as a first language, but also spoke Mandarin. A couple cases where it was sort of the, I don't think this is technically your first language, but you speak English better than I do in some cases. So... All right, fine. You're doing this in two languages when I can do this in one. Mm. I had incredibly impressive classmates in high school. Yeah. And every once in a while, I'd be like, wow, I, uh, huh, you guys are all very, very impressive at this. And I feel like I need to really work to keep up. Oh my gosh, I'm sure you were fine. <laughs> I, I was, but I also, every once in a while, somebody would be like, man, that test was really hard. And I'd kind of pause and sit back and be like, it was but you're also doing this in a second language. And every time I took a Spanish test, mm. I would break out in a cold sweat going, I don't remember what any of these words are. <laughs> like the first class I took in Spanish there, I my summer vacation was like, I went on a boat. I washed a spoon because I couldn't remember any other words for dishes. And the teacher <laughs> looked at me and was like, your Spanish is horrendous and your accent is awful. Yeah. <laughs> In my defense, I had a teacher who taught Mexican Spanish, then I had a teacher who taught Ecuadorian Spanish, and then I had a teacher who taught Spain Spanish. So I had no idea what anything was because those are three similar but slightly different languages and it was wild. Anyway, yeah, it's never consistent. <laughs> oh yeah. So, I think that covers us. So now to the main point. Let's talk about you. Yeah. Let's start. How'd you get into theater? What? Tell us your resume. My resume is very long, so I don't use my whole resume. I've been doing theater now for, I would say, 20 years. And I'm 25. Yeah, so. you serve from, from a young Very young. You and we married. Mom put me in theater in church. I was baby Jesus, and I haven't gotten off since. <laughs> you, as, like, as a five-year-old, were like, this is good. Oh, yeah. My first ever show was 101 Dalmatians. Oh. And I played one of the Dalmatians, and I had one line, and it was after him, boy. I still remember it. <laughs> and I missed the line completely every single night. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But I thought it was the coolest thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that adds up. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was pretty bad, but I just I loved being on the stage. So, I kept at it. I went into ballet and I've been continuing on ballet now for the same amount of time, 20 years. Wow. I had the opportunity to go to a music school, but I turned it down and then I just continued to pursue it through community schools and things like that. 
And here we are. Yada, yada, yada. And then a miracle happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you've done it in the form of backstage work and acting, correct? Yeah. I mainly do the acting and the dancing portions. But over the past year or so, ever since I got my cosmetology license, I started working as a drag queen. I would do like wigs here and there. And then I started working in theater and I was like, oh, I, I could make you a wig if you want. And they were like, yeah. And so I continued on with that. And now I do hair and makeup and some costume work for backstage theaters here and there. I, That's I, awesome. That is one thing I, I wasn't sure if we'd have time to talk about, but you are a drag queen. And I think that is so cool. Yeah, I've been doing it for six years. My name is Trinity St. Thomas. I've been on and off pursuing it because I've been a little busy lately, but I've I've been trying to get back into it. I was doing it for full-time job for about two years. I created a nonprofit and I started doing it just for fun and to help people out with some money. Mm-hmm. And I had to stop it because of COVID. Yeah. So I've been closed ever since, but it's been fulfilling and wonderful a really, really great experience. I, I work here in Providence. So, I mean, we don't, it's not, it is a different type of theater, but it isn't quite what we, the subject that we're talking about right now. But I, I'd argue drag is a huge part of theater. It is a huge part of theater. It's just, there is the community theater that Mitch is doing now and the drag theater that he has done in the past. And I, would you agree, Mitch, that it's like two different things? I would say it's a, it's a different part of theatrics. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. I would definitely say it's a form of theater because it's creating a character and pursuing that in a way, but it's not like you're singing, dancing, and acting in that sense, you know? I mean, people can put on a wig and clothes and call it drag, but still be themselves, whereas theater is being a completely different character yeah and i just i do think that it is really cool that you do that and i love it i really do i hope someday we can see your see a a drag show of yours like the return of trinity oh my god i'd love that and i would love to come back on and talk about drag all day we'll make it a topic for sure oh my god yes (laughs) we we need more topics let's do it call it done yeah we'll be in touch okay i'll be here (laughs) Our, our people People will talk to your people. Our people is us. I was going to say my people is me. So I don't have people. But yeah, so I've been continuing on that road and I took a little bit of a break in the middle, but I'm back strong and uh, hopefully going to continue on with more shows. I've done a couple more auditions, but I haven't taken any quite yet. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. I think like... When we were talking about this over the holidays and, you know, you were talking about, you know, going back into theater and with how busy you are with your day job, it seemed to me that you were very happy with the role that you had, which was just in the uh, chorus. Yeah, just the ensemble. I was a lead once in my 20 years of experience. I've never had like a full like lead role. Even like some people have have offered me leads and I'm like, no, I just want to be in the ensemble and... Have a good time. It's too stressful, man. (laughs) It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, I did a monologue in college, and being the only one on the stage, it's a big jump on the first time you do it. It's just like, oh, oh, man, this is... It's a lot. Yeah, And it was only... I think mine was only like a six or seven minute monologue, so it was really not very long. 
You have to inhabit the entire character, and you're the only one there, so you know if something goes wrong, you gotta fix it. You gotta oh, yeah. figure it out. It's just you up there, for sure. Yeah. Then, I would have loved to be a lead. Like, I auditioned for leads, and sometimes I take them, sometimes I turn them down. It all depends. I find that, like, with my day job and my schedule and all of my other stuff that's going on in my life and pursuing drag and things like that, dance classes, all that. I don't like being the leads because then I have so much more to worry about. Whereas with like ensemble member, I just get to dance around, sing a couple songs and go home and it's great. <laughs> it's so nice to be able to be in that ensemble because you get to play off of other people as well. Yeah. So you get all this yeah. fun, like you can do the little things in the background that aren't distracting, but if somebody catches, it's like, oh, that was a that was a good little bit. And some could say that being in the ensemble is a lot more difficult than being a lead. I was thinking, like, that there's a lot there. Like, the lead will probably have to dance. In a musical, like, the lead is probably dancing and singing as well. But the ensemble, you move as one. Mm -hmm. And yeah. if someone trips up, everyone trips oh, yeah. up. Yeah. In the show oh, yeah. that I'm currently doing, if I had to count really quickly, there's 18 songs. I am in about 15 of them, wow. whereas the lead is only in about seven. Yeah. It's, it's a lot to like worry about and, and figure out for sure. Yeah. I would say that being in the ensemble is better, if not more work than being a lead. Yeah. I think it is a different kind of work, but absolutely more work. Yeah. And I think there's also a ton of cases where in the ensemble, you have to know everyone else's role. If you're the lead, people just move around you. It's great. <laughs> people, oh, yeah. If yeah. you screw up, you didn't screw up. You're the lead. You're the one in charge. Everyone else has to react, mm -hmm. which is not fun for anyone else, but is exciting to put it mildly oh yeah i love theater fails <laughs> if you google them they're my favorite people falling or <laughs> messing up their lines or not having a prop it is so funny and to be in the audience for a broadway show or or whatever to see those moments you're like i was there for that i remember that <laughs> i remember when that happened that was funny like i love those moments it, it's kind of like a a humanizing moment mm -hmm. too. Yeah. It kind of takes you out, reminds you that you're a person and then you continue on and it's a good laugh. Although a lot of time theater people really take that to heart and they get really upset. Yeah. But every once in a while you find someone you're like, ha, that was funny and you go about your day and it's fine. One performance down, you move to the next. I think if you do this regularly, you know, it's not the end of the world. One of my favorite metal bands, their lead singer, when he was opening for Iron Maiden, they had an area of the stage where the stage went would go down and there was like stuff stored in there. And he accidentally fell into the hole oh, no. during a performance. No. He got his leg, he said his leg was very banged up, but he, and so you have video of him like falling into the hole and him popping up. And the first thing he does is he checks his hair. That's <laughs> always the best part is it's always the something went wrong. Okay, I have a chance to react to this to either make it look natural or call attention to it and move on depending on what happened. I will say he is a professional. I like, mm -hmm. I saw that and I was like, that's how you do it. <laughs> if you can get up and make it work and make it a moment, that just makes it 10 times better. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. And I also love every once in a while. I remember watching a play my freshman year of college, 
and watching it having a great time i think it's i think it was american buffalo it's a david mamet place so there's just way too much dialogue and then talking to the stage manager or one of the actors afterward and getting the story of sometime in act two they're talking through and they've got a bunch of back and forth so stage manager's kind of flipping through and suddenly realizes they're 10 pages ahead of where he thought they were so frantically clicks up to be like okay cue now and cue now and scrambling through all that makes it work i had no idea because i don't know the play and it works everything's fine and then they had a good laugh about it afterward and i'm pretty sure no one tried to kill anyone else (laughs) i wasn't that close with any of the people involved so hey we'll find out that's a cool thing too is like a lot of people don't realize the how much work goes in backstage. Yeah. It is incredible. Like, you have the show going on in front of you, but there is an entirely different show going on behind the scenes. Like, yeah. so much work goes into these shows, Broadway or otherwise. It is, like, the coolest thing to watch them do their thing because they, they put on a great show nine times out of ten. And even the 10th time is usually extremely good with one minor issue. There's always something. It would not be humanity if there wasn't something. (laughs) And it wouldn't be theater if the people who are in the play and like working on it and have been staring at this for three months always have something that they're like, man, this little thing that no one's going to notice unless I point it out really bothers me. Mm -hmm. For example. Oh, yeah. We went and watched a play and talked to one of the lighting designers on it. One of the lighting designers being your cousin, my sister, Maddie. Ah, I was giving plausible deniability, but yes, Maddie. Um, (laughs) Maddie did nothing. This was something out of her control. During the intermission, she came over, we were chatting about it. We were enjoying the play and she basically pointed out like, yeah, the backside of one of the... It's set in a hotel, so... There's a bunch of like cool trim trim and the backside of the trim is unpainted, which is fine, is entirely reasonable. (laughs) But as someone who's worked on the play and had had a fight about it, (laughs) it bothered her. So she was like, I'm pointing this out to everyone I can. Okay, everyone being my friends. I fully have done that even with the show that I'm in right now. I'm like, oh, this is wrong. This is wrong. This is going wrong. I hate that we haven't done this yet and blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. I get it a lot. Yeah. Fun story. I did a play called Six Characters in Search of an Author where I was the character of the lighting designer, which mostly involved me standing in the booth awkwardly next to the actual stage manager and leaning out and watching the play. It was a great role. Super fun. Sick. But the thing is, is that it is set up as a play within a play. And the director originally wanted to not have a curtain call at the end and got told a couple days before the play went on that he had to have a curtain call. (laughs) Because the idea was that it's like, no, we are doing a dress rehearsal or like a pre-show thing of this new voices 33 and a half or whatever it was. The play is here. The play is done. We would not do a curtain call. We are not giving people the out of this. And I kind of can see both sides of it. I personally was like, I kind of like not having to do a curtain call. I like the, it just ends. Carry on. (laughs) I can see that. I think it's one way to do it. And it's something different. 
Oh, something different. What a good word to use. <laughs> yeah. That so, is like the coolest thing about theater is it's different every single time you see it. Yeah, exactly. It's my favorite thing. Like one of our, one of my favorite shows in the world is Parade and it's on Broadway right now. It's finally made a comeback with uh, Ben Platt, my favorite actor of all time. Incredible, incredible voice. Yep. But one of the really cool things about Parade is I got invited to do it at my local community theater and I was like... I don't really know the show, but sure, whatever. I'll dance in it if you want. It's fine. And I, it ended up being one of the most memorable theater experiences I've ever had. And the show is my favorite show of all time. It's a beautiful, true story about a wrongly accused murder in like a pencil factory in the 1800s. Like that sounds familiar. Really, really long time. It's this, beautiful. This is based on a real life thing, isn't it? Yep. The basis is this little girl was murdered in a pencil factory and they wrongly accused a Jewish man of the murder and he stayed in jail for like three years. They were like, oh crap, maybe you didn't murder this little girl. And he's like, yeah, that's what I've been saying. And they're like, well, we can't release you because if we release you, then you're just going to get hung anyway by the people who hate Jewish people. Yep. Yeah. And so he stayed in jail but then he got taken out of jail by somebody and hung anyway. Yep. And they never found out the murder and it's still an ongoing story. Yeah. It was the crime of the century when it happened, if I remember correctly, or is labeled oh, as that. Oh, yeah. This musical is an incredible, incredible piece of art. But there is no really big documentation like there is now of the musical itself. So every single time you see it, it is completely different. That is really cool. It's so cool. Like, I saw it on Broadway, and the, the way they had the set was different. Sometimes they have Leo Frank watching over the whole show. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they have all the actors on stage at once. Sometimes they don't. It really depends on, like, where you go and, and how you see it. And I think that's what the really cool thing about theater is, is, like, when you have a movie... Every time you see it, it's going to be the exact same because it's recorded. Yeah. And yeah. If you go to a show, it's going to be different every single time. Different people, different voices, different sets, different lighting. And it's it's incredible what people can do with these productions. I think it's really neat that sometimes you are given so little. Like we touched on that a little earlier where it was literally all you have is like six black boxes. And you have to make the setting with that, like for you different plays, like it really creates an opportunity for creativity. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it's something to appreciate on top of like the acting and the behind the scenes is like, what can we do? Because we don't have like the seat. We don't have CGI. We don't have like the same type of like over-the-top special effects that movies can and still it is a form of art that still happens to this day and it hasn't it hasn't died if anything it's gotten stronger yeah one of a really good example of that's godspell too Mm -hmm. what a great great show it's like a couple jackets a costume change and like five people and that's it that's super cool i I always love ensemble and like really small like small cast pieces they're super cool and they're super interesting very intimate showings Mm -hmm. yeah 
I have a question for you, but I'm going to give more a little bit of background. So what the last play I did in high school was the 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. And mm-hmm. it is a spelling bee, but everything goes wrong and it's great. And then I went and saw the same show. So I acted in it the first time and then went and saw it in a winery in Lake Mills, Wisconsin. And it was super cool being able to, to know roughly this is how it goes and then see all of the different things based on this space being different. Like, we don't actually have a stage in this winery, so everything's just kind of done flat. So the characters just go out and wander through the audience because that's how you have to do it. Well, in the high school one that I was in, we had a stage and we couldn't really easily get off of the stage without like jumping down. So you couldn't do that. All of the music has to be handled a little bit differently because acoustically a stage is handled one way, but in this like random fermenting room, it's a little different. So my question to you, Mitch, What's the most interesting place you've seen a play? The most interesting place I've seen a play. Or performed in a play or yeah. had had an experience with theater. Look, I have to think about it. A lot of places that I've seen shows has been very traditional. But I think, oh, I got it. There was a event at my dance studio where we didn't have a stage, we just have the studio and the seats. So we all packed into this one dance studio, like a typical dance studio size. And there was about 50 of us that we crammed into the corner of this dance studio while the performance happened in front of us, just like as is. They didn't have a backstage, they didn't have an area to change or anything. It was like six people doing Spring Awakening just in front of us, no lighting, no costume, nothing crazy. Oh, Um, man. And it was, like, the most raw theater experience you've ever seen because, like, you can see everything happening in front of you, all the changing. They couldn't, like, sit down backstage. They had to stand on the sides and just watch, you know? That's super cool. It was wicked interesting to to watch because there was just, like, 50 of us. We sold 50 tickets. You stood in the corner and watched Spring Awakening happen. And all that was happening right in front of you. It was so cool to watch. That's awesome. That's so cool. (laughs) It was awesome. I think it is very interesting and very cool, you know, an aspect of it where that was so minimal. And yet it's somewhere that it's something that you remember and you and you think and Hunter's agreeing, you know, and I agree. It's like, this is really cool. And you didn't have like, cause you've said you've seen stuff on Broadway and that's not like, I don't know if, if it's like, it seems like it doesn't hold as firm a place in your memory as I'm sure what like in Broadway was fantastic, but this seems to be a much special and more like intimate production than a huge theater like in Broadway or one of those large theaters could provide. Oh yeah. And I think I will always remember the the Broadway production of Parade because it's so special. Yeah. But all the Broadway productions that I've seen have been breathtaking and tear jerking and incredible, but like, I don't think anything will ever beat a well done live theater production that's like local Mm -hmm. you know that raw talent that dedication to the craft that they have just 
knowing that they've just enjoyed putting this together and even the things that are so like minimal and just like thrown on and they have their scripts in their hands but they're laughing the whole way through like you enjoy it just as much as they do and that makes it all the more special for sure that is really great having that winnowing down having it be the i am here because i want to be here i could be anywhere else but i want to be here and i've chosen to do this is just a really special feeling yeah you get that as well in larger theaters but it's a different exchange because it is professionals versus amateurs that dichotomy i always find very very interesting yeah well one of the things that we've been talking about a lot in um our theater production that we're doing right now is like we're all in our mid-20s early 30s most of us so a lot of us being busy crazy 25 year olds are like working two jobs, trying to make our apartments, doing dance classes, going to college, and also doing this production. And, like, we were having some, like, altercations and and issues with reasoning of why we're here, and some people were like, yeah, the the management, whatever. Like, a bunch of different theater people having different opinions. Theater people. And, um, (laughs) right. (laughs) And we were always like, we're here to enjoy ourselves if we put on a crappy production then we put on a crappy production if we put on a a show that people don't buy tickets to at least we're on the stage and we're here because we enjoy it we're here because we like theater we want to entertain and like that's it so we can't give up on the show we can't not put it on just because we're having a bad day or we're stressed you know i'm taking time out of my day to be here and that's what you can feel a lot of times on that stage is that like dedication to the craft yeah you don't necessarily immediately see the hours and hours and hours of effort directly but you can tell when it hasn't been done you can tell yeah oh yeah i think it's important that if you're going if you're doing a performance whether it's a concert or like a state or a production of a play if only 30 people show up versus 300, they get the same experience. Mm -hmm. And it really drives the point home that the people who are doing it and who are behind it and all that effort, it's still special because they still want to be there and they're happy that you, the audience, are there. And it's that kind of, as Hunter said, almost like that exchange. That exchange of energy. Yeah, and it's not a one-directional thing. Like, you always feed off of an audience. Like, it's muted if it's a bigger crowd in some cases, but a smaller crowd, you can pick up on, like, oh, they're really vibing with this. You start having that feedback and that little bit of, like, hey, I'm gonna, they're feeling good about this. That's always super, super cool. If anyone's listening to this and go to a show, first impressions are everything. Cheer loud, laugh loud, because we get off that stage after the first number every single night and we go, the crowd's great or the crowd stinks. And we can feel that and we put on a show regarding your action. It's crazy to think about that, like, you want to put on a good show anyway, but if, if the audience isn't into it, we're not into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's oh. so apparent. So quickly, you can pick up on like, ooh, crowd's quiet tonight or crowd's not really feeling this. Hmm. 
It's one of the first things we talk about. Once the first people get off stage, they're like, crowd sucks tonight. And we're like, dang it. Like, we worked really hard on this. We were hoping for something more. Every time. Because, you know, when you do as many, when you do plays and you do, you know, theater as long as you have, when you have days like that, what is like the mental work? You know, it's probably a lot of mental thought process that you go through to stay like, I'm still doing this and I'm still going to give it my all. I have a pre-show pump up that I do. It looks a little silly, but I'll do some like vocal warm ups, some uh, jumping jacks, I'll stretch. I'll listen to some like really hardcore dance music before I go on. Nice. I'll listen to some of my favorite numbers from the show, do a couple warm-ups from the dances if I need to do any like specific stretches. And then one of the things that I do, this is like the most male thing I will ever do. <laughs> um, sometimes if I have like a camaraderie with my other castmates, I'll like play fight them. Hell yeah. So I'll like go up to them and I'll like push them. And they're like, ow. And I'll just like keep pushing them until they start like matching my energy. And it's kind of our like pump up to get ready for the show, you know, like get that energy to like fight somebody because that's it's what you need sometimes. Yeah. You, no, I get that. You need to get hyped. You need to be ready to be hyped. Oh, yeah. You need to have that building up. It's the whole, like, you're being someone else for 90 minutes. If that person mm-hmm. has all the energy, you need to have all that energy, even if that's mm-hmm. not who you normally are. I think you can apply it to, like, anything, because, you know, before races, I definitely can feel like that tunnel vision. And to quote Bill Burr <laughs> with his dog, when it, with his dog gets the look and she's like, somebody better hit somebody! Yeah. That's <laughs> I mean, very much the energy that you, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Because even if it's, like, the saddest show in the world, you need to be mentally ready for those moments. I remember like doing parade. It's a very hard show mentally to do. Yeah. Three or four nights a week. I don't know how they do it every night. It was, it's hard to like feel those emotions. Cause even when you're fake crying, you have to be in that headspace yeah. to get there. And hearing his story every night and going from a funeral scene to this like upbeat big moment is like you have to be able to switch that on enough and um it takes a toll on you so a lot of times before those shows we would have moments of alone time where i would close my curtain close my door put my headphones on listen to some music and just like zone out and space out and have to like mentally prepare myself for what we're about to do because it's a hard-hitting show, for sure. It's kind of like the Laramie Project. Well, a more hard, like, I I don't even want to say more hardcore, because one is the killing of a gay man for no reason, and the other is the lynching of a man. And then at the end of it, the original murder's never solved. And I'm like, both of the, like, I couldn't compare the two. But yeah, like I couldn't imagine having to act in the Laramie Project. That's such an important story as well. Yeah, and that's another reason I love theater is they tell stories that need to be told, whether they're good or bad or whatever. I mean, these are stories that will now live on forever. Yeah, like we're still talking about plays in an academic context that were written 
3,000 years ago, if not longer. Look at Shakespeare. Yes. Yeah, Shakespeare. Uh, Herodotus. I think that's one of the Greek playwrights. I mean, the yep. Iliad, the Odyssey. Like All stories are... have a form of the Odyssey to this day. Yeah. And it was the original Absolutely. play. Even if theater is ephemeral, it's also forever, which is always a really fun, like, thing to play with. Like, people will remember how this made them feel for the rest of their lives, and they'll talk about how it made them feel to other people, and that that wave ripples outward. And it's such a cool concept and such a cool thing of just being the, I made a thing, and now other people can take it and do what they want with it. It's such a wild concept. Absolutely. It really so is. It's, it's so incredible to be a part of, to enjoy with others, to produce and throw on the stage. It's a different type of adrenaline rush to even be on that stage. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. Like, people jump off buildings. People skydive. People do crazy stuff. I would never, ever do that. But a lot of people would never step on stage either. And I'm one of them. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's a lot. Yes, it's, it's so scary having like, you know, you know, sometimes, you know, when you're listening to music and you're like, I could totally perform this. And it's like, no, I couldn't. <laughs> I could never in a million years. <laughs> you look at it and you're like, oh, heck yeah, I could do that. And then someone puts you on the stage and you're like, take me off. Nope. 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 I still get. <laughs> a, a little bit of stage fright before I go on, 100%. Yeah, oh, absolutely. So our theater in college had the green room downstairs, so you have always had to walk up a flight of stairs to start. Open the door, walk up that flight of stairs and go, okay, here we go. I'm mm-hmm. going to walk into a crowd of 120 people. Let's do this. It's a rush and who? it's a lot. And it definitely takes a moment. That's my adrenaline rush. You know, like you step on that stage, that first show or second show or whatever, you get out there and you're like, whoo, okay. And now I'm done. And then it's over and then you continue the show. Yeah. And, Yeah. And then it's like, okay, now, wait, who am I again? Hang on. Let me rewind. You have to be whoever you're acting as the entire time you're there. And oh yeah. Yeah. I have, I have huge respect for people who are really good actors and people who are, not great actors like me and can still go out and do it because it's... Putting yourself out there, man. Yeah, it's hard. It's a lot. It is so, so much. And I have huge respect for anyone who does it. Yeah, for sure. What I take away from this is go find a local theater production and give it a whirl. If you have any interest, it's worth doing. At least audition. Bare minimum audition. Go try it. Go watch it. Go see some plays. Yeah. Again, it's all of the idea of that energy exchange. It can do wonders, whether you're part of the production or you go and see it, and because you're making other people happy in any way. You're reaching out and touching someone else, and that's a huge part of being human, is getting out there, putting yourself out there, making those connections, building something outward from there. Yeah, and if you don't audition, you don't be in it, then go see one, because... Especially if it's local, you're supporting a local business, and that's also incredible. Yes. Yeah. You're supporting the actors on the stage. You're promoting it to continue, which is a huge part of theater in itself. If you guys didn't see the shows, we wouldn't be able to put them on. Yeah. 
to wind down here, what would be a dream show for you to either be in or see if you haven't seen it already? I know you've already mentioned Parade, which is an incredible uh, show. I think I've seen Parade was my big one. Mm -hmm. Like I've always wanted to see it live and I got the opportunity to. So that was like my big one to be in. I'm not sure. You know, I, I think about it a lot about like which one I would love to be in or be a part of. Would it be I cats? Going, cats? <laughs> cats. Absolutely not. Yeah, that, <laughs> not no. a chance. No. I don't understand that show at all. I think every theater person is like, respect, but nah. <laughs> <laughs> what a weird concept for a show. It is so weird. It's a show I about cats. Say, I don't understand it. At all. Yeah. I don't either. Sorry. I don't I think like, the people producing it understood it. They were just like, let's just throw a bunch of dancing cats on stage and call it a day. Like, what? I don't know. Yeah. Um, I think my most recent one is uh, Damien from Mean Girls, the musical. Okay. Oh. He's a fat gay mm-hmm. who just loves life and is just there. And he has a big tap number and he's just the supporting character. He doesn't have that many lines. But he has a good amount. He has a big dance number, and he—I just relate to him so much. I think I would play him really well. Yep. So I think that would be it. Well, yeah. For and me, Mean for Girls sure. Musical is just a good show in general, from what I've heard. It's so good. I mean, it is great. a timeless story. They're actually putting on um, at my local theater. They're doing Mean Girls Junior right now. Oh. So I missed the cut for the age. But uh, I definitely will be going to go see it because mm-hmm. it's such a good show. Man, Mean Girls Jr. Yeah, that's is a such thought. a... Yeah, it's a little odd. <laughs> it's I theater. Like, what it's hell? art. I mean, they they are canonically in high school, so... Oh, my God. But they're it's like kids, though. It's like yeah. junior, junior. It's like a camp show. It's not oh. high school. I don't think it's high school. And it's like... It's no. A, that's certainly it's a kids. choice. That's like putting. Yeah. I, I I now want to go see it. I kind of want to see it too. It's kind of like <laughs> Bat Boy the Musical in high school. Yeah, it's like one of those things where you like know it's not going to be great, but you just want to watch it, see what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, it's one where it's like this feels like a bad idea. What time? But I also kind of need what to know time? how it works. Like that's oh, me man. with any show that anybody that does Into the Woods. Yeah, because like. It's such a hard show to put on. Sondheim is really difficult to sing. He puts in a lot of difficult voice things. So seeing it, like the last time I saw it, it was a train wreck. (laughs) Absolutely horrible. I didn't understand a single word anyone was saying or singing. There were characters missing. Narrator was mumbling. But I loved every minute of it because it was so bad that it was funny. (laughs) Yeah. Into the Woods, if I remember correctly, the junior version is just a one-act play, and the full version is a two-act musical. Correct, yeah. Okay, they, cool. Like, stop it halfway through. Yeah. yeah. I feel like Mean Girls Junior might be the same thing, or <laughs> it's a one-act play versus just because they're cutting out so much stuff. Well, no, I mean, oh, like, yeah. literally Into the Woods. Spoilers for Into the Woods, again, go see it you heathens uncultured swine because the first half is a regular fairly normal fairy tale with a somewhat upbeat ending 
and then things go wrong. So if it's a junior play, you just say, it's a fairy tale, and it stopped. Yeah. What about this other part? It yeah. didn't happen. Never happened. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm nervous, but I'm excited. You're going to have fun. Really interesting. It'll be cool. Yeah. It'll be so fun. Just like yeah. with any production. Okay. <laughs> yeah. A blast. It could be bad, but it's so fun. And they're kids. They're, they're going to yeah. have a blast right. anyway. Not to put too fine a point on it, you kind of are expecting it to be a little sketchy at points because it is a bunch of kids. I remember my elementary school once did Once on This Island. Oh my gosh. Yeah, actually, that was like the year after I went, went my first year in middle school. I do remember because my sister's like best friend's older sister was the lead role and they had to get through the whole like suicide thing at the end. Oh. And she just ended up dying from a broken heart instead of choosing to sacrifice herself. But it was still like, I think about it now because then my high school performed it and they didn't do that. And it was like, oh my God. You know when that surprised me? What? Hunchback of Notre Dame. Oh. Do you remember the premise of that story? That was like, I know the original and I know like the Disney-fied version, which was still dark. It's so dark. And I remember I never saw Hunchback of Notre Dame, the Disney movie, right? Mm -hmm. And I was like, they, they warn you ahead of time that it has like some sexual stuff in it. And I was like, oh, like this is a kid's movie though. Like what? And I was like, holy mackerel, this is dark. This is crazy. The whole, yeah. They have an entire song about spoilers, but it's Hunchback of Notre Dame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have an entire song about if she won't have sex with me, then I'm going to kill her. Yeah, yeah. And so I was like, I'm going to watch the original Disney movie, and it's not different. No, it's honestly my favorite Disney movie. <laughs> I was like, oh my, this is a kid's movie. Yeah. This is crazy to me. Yeah, like, oh. this was, I came out during the time where they were like, yeah, let's traumatize kids. <laughs> oh my god. Death. It was yeah. almost child murder, and that's just the opening act. <laughs> but it wasn't oh, yeah. child murder, so it's fine. Oh my! Some great songs, though. That opening oh, number. Oh my gosh, the soundtrack is incredible. Yes. Such a gem. Yeah. Truly, really beautiful. But yeah. I, I love that even in like they did the quote unquote Disney version, and because the actual version's even darker, and I I love that they did a, a play version of that. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I've never seen the original Hunchback. I'll have to look that up. I don't know if they've ever done a play of it, but, like, the original story... The, the idea is it's about the characters that... It's about Notre Dame. Notre Dame is the central character. And it's a novel, right? It is a novel. Okay. And I can't even... Like, it's a lot to dig through. That could be, like, a whole... We could talk about it for a whole other hour. There's a lot to say the least. <laughs> wow. You know, it's a classic. Oh, yeah. I think with, you know, ending on that note, are we yeah. uh, the good note to end on talking about dark plays? <laughs> Death, destruction, rape, you know, yeah. the whole nine. You know. Yeah, you know, just casual Saturday night. For kids. I, <laughs> I hope kids listen to this and learn something about Is it from Scrubs? Knife wrench. For kids. <laughs> 
that's our that's our one reference. We're, we're, we've used it. I'm sorry. I've used it. We'll get to use it next year. <laughs> a dollar in the jar. Uh, I think I want to say like thank you so much for meeting with us, Mitch. This oh was fantastic. Gosh, thanks for having me. Yeah, I really enjoyed this. I was excited, and it met all of my wildest dreams. <laughs> I had a blast. Have me back anytime. I really loved it. I would love Absolutely. to. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll be in touch. <laughs> you got it. I'll hear from you guys soon. Yeah. yeah, definitely. We will see all of you listeners next time. And until then, have fun, be safe out there, and treat each other kind. Bye. Bye. Goodbye.